A jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where I interview incredible entrepreneurs who have achieved success by embracing their multi-passionate selves and using their neurodivergence as a tool to grow their business. I'm your host, Cheryl Woodhouse, and I'm here today with Georgia Mountford-Blake, who is going to share more about how they got started, the biggest decisions they believe led them to success, and what they want to share with other neurodiverse entrepreneurs coming up behind them. Georgia is a digital strategist for bold and risque brands. She loves working with controversial or stigmatized niches like mental health, neurodiversity, sexual wellness, and women's empowerment. She offers tech and marketing consultation and support to entrepreneurs who are pushing boundaries and changing the world. I love that. Welcome, Georgia. So nice to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And what a beautiful bio. (laughs) Yes, you did a fantastic job in in explaining to me what you do, and we we put that out there into the world. I'd like to hear a little bit more about your business. So you say that you do tech and marketing consultation. What exactly does that entail? Hmm. Well, this is why I commented on the bio, because it's been so difficult to write something that describes everything that I do. So tech and marketing is obviously super broad, um, and so is my skill set, as I think a lot of us uh, are familiar with. So what I spend most of my time doing is helping businesses understand how to amplify their voice online, how to advertise, especially if they are in an industry where there are certain images or words or whatever that are not allowed to be in the ads. And I consult on a strategy that will get them in front of the audience that they want to be in front of. And that's right through from content, traffic, you know, the funnels, everything. We sort of map it all out and I have a bunch of different uh, packages that I can offer to a business owner, depending where in their journey they are and where the gaps are in their marketing plan. And then with the tech side of things, I found, I mean, that's my original background. I was a software developer and automation specialist. So it's super exciting to see how much of the things that I used to do in the nerdy coding way are now accessible to small businesses. And I love helping people save time and save energy with executing this amazing marketing plan that I put together. I want them to have automated emails as much as they can. I want their you know, CRM to link up with their mailing list or whatever it is. And I I speak to so many people where that is just like a bugbear for them. So it wasn't originally what I thought I would consult on, but I found myself giving that advice. So now that's what I also do. I love that. That's fabulous. It's it's like you're the you're the grower, you're the farmer, and you're the baker. You're taking everything and kind of bringing it together and creating, helping them create a finished product and and helping mm-hmm. them with that implementation piece where so many people struggle. Um, how, how did you get started doing that? Oh no, this question. There's no start. It's all just so many different twists and turns. I suppose. Um, I was a software developer. That's what I studied at uni. I did journalism and IT. Back then it was just called IT. We didn't even have like computer science and game design and whatever else. So I left university, was working as a software developer, and I was also teaching pole dance. This was my fitness pursuit of choice. And 
that was just calling to me that that studio, I couldn't not volunteer to help market and grow the studio. I was doing their website stuff. I'm a teacher there. So, you know, I'm kind of part of the team anyway, but I'm volunteering weekends and evenings to make flyers. And at some point something had to give and it was the full-time job. So I quit software, went into running a Pulse studio full-time, did that for six years, continued freelancing because we like to do all the things. And so I was still building websites uh, for other people and learning on the job how to do social media and digital marketing and all sorts else. And I guess long story short, from there, eventually I moved overseas. My husband got a job in tech, so I left behind that studio life in Australia. And now I help people in similar niches. Like that's how I found the niche that I'm in because I was connected with pole dancers and boudoir photographers and people in the sex work industry because they were my friends and colleagues. So it kind of grew naturally from there. And I found that I loved working with those people. I was working with a lot of other entrepreneurs, taking any any client that could pay was an ideal client at the beginning. And eventually I realized that these were the people that I had the most fun serving. So that's where I am now. My favorite thing about this is that the niche development for neurodivergent entrepreneurs is such an organic thing. And you're such a perfect example of that. Like everyone says, when you're starting your business, you need to pick a niche. You need to be a specialist. You can't be a generalist, et cetera. We make such good generalists, don't we? Yeah, we really do. <laughs> That's hence the name of this very podcast. Mm-hmm. And the niche always emerges as these are the clients that I really enjoy working with right now. They give me meaning. They give me purpose. And it sounds sounds like that's what it was for you. Yeah, definitely. And it comes with enough challenge. It gets a bit stale. Like at first, it was a lot of fun trying to figure out the nuts and bolts of marketing for different kinds of industries. But once I've done a few. I'm like, hmm, okay, I'm just now paper pushing almost again. So these niches constantly have fun things for me to try figure out. Yes, that's amazing. I love that. Okay, here's for the nitty gritty question. If you don't mind sharing, mm-hmm. do you have a diagnosis or are you self-diagnosed? How's that journey? I don't have a diagnosis. I'm potentially a fraud, but I don't think so. I'd be very surprised by now if I don't have ADHD. I never labeled it that. I was always scatterbrain, you know, um, head in the clouds, all of those things. And for a long time, I thought the the symptoms of that I now realize were ADHD were a result of my hectic life. I'm running a pole studio. I'm performing at all hours of the night. Like I can't have my house in order as well. So it took me ages to really realize that this wasn't. Uh, something that would just get better when I got organized, when I became an adult, you know, moved here. I've been now in Seattle for a bit over two years. And with the pandemic, those symptoms became even worse. And it was a kind of two-pronged revelation for me when I realized what was going on. And that was partly TikTok because it just self-diagnoses everybody. It's, it's the dopamine slot machine app. So it's just, of course, there's going to be a ton of us on there. Um, but it was also that my stepson was diagnosed and then his mother through that. 
So I bought some books to learn about their experience so I could, you know, be a good stepmom. And a lot of it hit too close to home. <laughs> and then, yeah, it went from there to different like therapists and coaches and stuff to figure out strategies. And yeah, that's where I am. No formal diagnosis, but pretty darn good idea. This is what's going on. Yeah. I, I definitely can see that if you read a book, an entire book about ADHD and adult women, and it resonates with you, you probably have it. If it doesn't, it's obvious very quickly, you know, when you Indeed. talk to neurotypicals. <laughs> and there's t- exactly the, the birds of a feather flock together thing as well. Once I started reading this book, I was also reading about autism. My husband's autistic and we kind of knew that, but we, neither of us even knew what that was. We were just like, oh yeah, IT guys are nerdy and socially awkward. That's what autism is, you know? But then in the pandemic, us living in this little studio apartment together, me trying to grow my business and him suddenly working from home effectively in my office, obviously there's going to be all these like things coming to your head. So I went looking, I was like, help my husband's autistic into Google or whatever. And like finding all these resources and being like, oh, actually it's not only him. There's, 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 there's curiosities going on with my brain too. And yeah, I guess I lost my train of thought. Mm, perfect. What was I saying? That's okay. We were talking about your husband and exploring his diagnosis and how that was supporting your diagnosis. Yes. Yes, that's right. So yeah, when you do, like you said, when you do that much research and read all into the books, you're going to, you're going to know whether it's you or not. And what really stood out for me was all of the tactics that they were suggesting in these books were things I was already doing that my mother taught me or like my old boss taught me or my uh, best friend taught me and I started thinking my train of thoughts come back it was the flock of birds feather Mm -hmm. Um, I started thinking about all of my best connections in the world best uh, colleagues and friends and mentors and all of them looking back, have ADHD or autism or OCD or some kind of neurodiversity. And that's obviously why I liked them so much. So there you go. Yeah, I can relate to that. My one neurotypical friend, I was explaining to her about my pending diagnosis. And I said, and I interrupt people all the time. And she's like, oh, I never noticed. And I said to her, I just interrupted you to say that. So I'm not sure how. And it's, the, the neurotypical people, they don't see it the same way that we see it, right? Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. see yourself in the TikToks, in the books. And I think self-diagnosis is completely valid, um, especially with the diagnosis journey being so long for so many people now. Yeah. I mean, I didn't believe it at first. I was like, here we go. Just the algorithm, you know, trying to make me think things about myself. But I am, I made a Google Doc called Does Georgia Have ADHD? And I kind of interviewed myself and it turned out very long. And there's a few slim possibilities where you could craft some kind of long-winded other explanation of multiple factors that's turned me into the person I am. But uh, that's a long shot. ADHD looks like the answer. And since discovering that, everything that I, f- I keep only finding better solutions like now I now I'm connected with people who can really cut through the advice that 
productivity experts give you or business growth people give you. It's like, mm, we'll leave those ones because they're for neurotypical people. These are the ones that work well for you. And when that just takes off, that's another sign again that I'm on the right path. Absolutely. So feeding into that and expanding on that a little bit, now that you understand how your brain works, at least a little bit better, looking back, how has that helped you succeed? Well, it certainly made me never question doing my own thing. Like I quit my software job to run a pole dancing studio. You know, I just did that because I felt like it. Uh, I, I was 22. So I was telling everyone, you know, I had, my parents were very supportive, but obviously also very concerned. So, you know, we had some chats over lunch. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Cause I'm going to build software for the pole industry. And it's going to be like this. And, you know, I had all these grant dreams, um, uh, but I was 22. So I was like, even if it doesn't work out, I can, I can, I can lose all my money and career progress at this age and start over and it's no big deal. But there was no starting over. There was just, it went from thing to thing. And ask for your question again. You can tell, actually, this is a funny example. I love, I have not taken my concerta today because it ran out. And now look, I keep losing my train of thought. That's okay. I can be your conductor because this is my third cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> we were talking about how your ADHD has actually helped you succeed. Yeah. Okay. So it's helped me because I'm never afraid to do strange things. And I have so much energy and creativity. Like look at a performance lifestyle, like to be teaching, you have, it's, it's a hyper-focus, like perfect recipe, you know, no matter what happens in the day, I can go and I suddenly switch modes. I'm now a teacher. There's loud music. There's fancy lights. We're all getting endorphins. There's all these other people in the class who are celebrating each other. It's just like adrenaline and dopamine central. And then I get to go travel. I get to go go meet bizarre people. And, and just, it's made me able to do all that, take it in my stride. A lot of people sort of look at me and go, oh, wow, you're so brave or you're so confident or, you know, how did you get that idea? And I'm like, I don't know. I just go with the flow. Like I didn't have a plan. I just kept making the next decision that looks best. And I think that comes from the way we think and the fact that we're seeking interesting stuff all the time, which also made me fantastic, funnily enough, as a software developer as well, neurodivergence is super high in IT um, as well as entrepreneurship. And that hyper-focus thing of I want to, once I am solving a problem, I don't want to stop. You know, I'm going to code and code and code and code and debug and debug and debug and debug and stay up all night, literally, uh, until it's done. And then I feel so satisfied. So from an employer's perspective, I was a bit of a odd case because I would be emailing them at 4am with my finished spreadsheet or something, but I produced like phenomenal amounts of useful tools and, you know, solutions for them that even before remote work was a thing like it is now, I was like, I want to work at home a couple of days a week. And they're like, as long as you're working for us, it's fine. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I love how 
you used your hyper focus and you used that kind of multi-passionate interest seeking part of yourself to drive your career forward and then to drive your business forward mm-hmm. um, and to make decisions about where you wanted to go. That's amazing. Now, if you look back, were there any, if you could pick one, were there any pivotal moments or decisions that you made that you believe made you more successful? Oh, definitely hiring a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, oh, in fact, go back a slight a step before that, joining a group coaching program and like a mastermind community. Okay. I did that in 2017 or 18. At this point, I was back in corporate actually. So I was still at the studio, but it was difficult to make ends meet on a dance teacher's income. And it's six years down the road. I'm thinking of family, babies, houses at some point. So I, went back to full-time work. I tried to go to part-time work, but this was the opportunity that came up and I took it. And I was then enterprise automation specialist for National Telecom in Australia, the big Telstra. Like how weird is that? From a pole dancing studio to now, I mean, it's just typical. Um, And at that time I saved up the money that I was making from full-time work and decided I was going to do this whole business thing properly this time. You know, last time around I was freelancing and doing it here and there. And I thought it's time to be serious about this and I need to get mentorship. I need guidance. I need a community. I need to stop, you know, talking my poor husband's ear off because he doesn't care about all of my bizarre hair-ranged ideas until they're a bit more structured. And yeah, I did that. i purchased a membership and I never regretted that. I just only kept climbing up their, you know, value ladder, whatever you want to call buyer's journey, get into the inner circle, do go to live events, surrounding myself with other people who are pushing forward and are in the same headspace as me. That has changed everything. That's amazing. And I'm assuming because there's, there wasn't very many of them five years ago that it wasn't even a neurodivergent specific space. It was just kind of a general business space. Right. It was called uh, Screw the 9 to 5. It was by oh, yeah. Josh and Jill Stanton. And it attracted a lot of neurodivergent people, I'm sure, as entrepreneurs are. But no, it wasn't specifically positioned that way. And nor was the next one that I went into. I'm now I'm a coach by Rachel Peterson in The Click. And what I noticed happened is that so many of the problems that I was experiencing as an entrepreneur were, they overlap with the ADHD, you know, um, executive function problems and shiny object syndrome and imposter syndrome so I was getting all this support and advice because it applied to business owners and and freelancers and entrepreneurs anyway and yeah it was kind of lucky I guess that I didn't fall into a more clinical or corporate styled one because I don't think I would have I know there's a lot of different types of masterminds I think one called screw the nine to five was a good indicator that it was going to be a bit more edgy and different so (laughs) yes I've actually I've I've known about their community for many years they have some really good resources like the members of their group are called scroopies right 
Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. It's super cute. Love it. Um, okay. So getting support, you would say is the number one thing that, that was yeah, making a difference. Investing in myself, just education and yeah. Seeing behind the curtain of other people's businesses was mm. so eye-opening, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm actually really good at this because I'm doing exactly the same as her and she's charging three times more. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That makes a massive difference. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, this has been really amazing and you've shared a lot of really awesome things. And I think it's been very inspirational to hear your journey because I know there are people who are still at the pole dancing studio stage of their careers listening to this right now. And they're wondering what's next and they're wondering how they're going to get there and if they can even get there with their brains. And I feel like you have shed some light on how that happened for you and, and inspired. Well, thank you. I'm glad I could. I wouldn't want any other journey. I sometimes imagine what, could I have stayed? Like if I hadn't quit the software job and done the pole studio thing, like where would I be now? I, I don't think I would have lasted. I think at some point the corporate world spits us all out. So yeah. And we just make our own path because that's what we're good at. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, on that, I wonder if this is going to be your answer, but if you could share one thing with other people who are trying to build their business, what would you say? Uh, yeah, I think it has to be, don't be afraid of going against the grain. If you feel like something is helpful or interesting and you you are pull towards it, but it doesn't fit in a niche or it doesn't fit in a specialty or whatever. Don't worry about any of that. Just surround yourself with people who are going to be supportive of you and help you maybe like buff the edges. There might be some bits that aren't making sense really, but ultimately you do you, follow your heart, find people who will support you and just keep going. I love it. I love that so much. Um, if people want to learn more about you, maybe if they especially have a bold or risque brand that they need some help with, where's the best place they can go? Well, you can find me on my website. That's Gmo Creative. So G-E-M-O and the word creative or one word. Um, or on Instagram and TikTok are my most helpful uh, places for content. You know, I've got a lot of stuff on the little highlight badges and all the rest that go through a lot of my tips and you can get a good idea of what I do and how I help. Um, my usernames are uh, Georgia Gmo or Gmo Georgia. They're occasionally, I need to get consistent with that, but that's not our strong suit either. So <laughs> look me up under both of those on social and you'll find me. Okay. That sounds awesome. I'll make sure all of those links are below for anyone who wants to go find you and learn more about what you do and all of your awesomeness. Um, Thank you to everyone who is listening. If you liked this episode, I upload every Thursday, uh, every Tuesday for patrons who get access a little bit early. So make sure you subscribe so you can listen to the next episode. This has been Master of None.